What's up, everyone? Welcome in. Welcome to episode 58 of WFS on a Friday. It's the Will Ford Show. Been having crazy cold temperatures here over in the in the Midwest. Uh, massive wind chills. We have temperatures around zero, and then wind chills around here at least, around the the southeastern Ohio area. It's we had wind chills of like negative twenty. Some areas negative thirty. Um, I only had school. I don't know twice, two times this week, two days. Monday and Tuesday, fine. And then Wednesday, we had really cold temperatures, negative 18 degree wind chill. And then, so classes were canceled. And then Thursday, we had a two-hour delay. And uh, so my first class was canceled. And then my other class later in the day was canceled on Tuesday. Um, because our professor just knew how cold it was going to be. Um, and then today, Friday, we had a two-hour delay. So my first class of the day was canceled. Or actually, today's Thursday. Or no, today's today's Friday. First two classes were canceled. And then my one at one o'clock, which was still technically on, like campus was going to be open, um, my professor canceled that because his house uh, where he lives, they got like four or five inches of snow, which, which we got about five inches of snow here in Senecaville, Ohio, small little town. Um, so I didn't, ha- I haven't had school the past three days, so it's been really nice, but it's also really scaring me because I don't know what's coming next week. I don't know what to expect with just the course load because obviously we're going to have to make up some of that stuff. And, and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying my time off. I've been pretty diligent over the past couple of days just getting things done in advance. It's pretty rare for me. I used to be a big-time procrastinator, procrastinator, and I've been better as the years have gone by. Um, but... Everybody stay safe out there in those cold temps and the and the all the snow that's been coming down. Everyone stay safe, especially in the Midwest area of the country. Pretty brutal what's going on, and we haven't had anything like this since I can remember. So, but let's hop into the show. We had a big trade yesterday in the NBA. That's the the first. NBA trade domino has fought, well, really officially it fell like a couple months ago, but the first like real big trade domino has fallen. The New York Knicks, they decided to move on from Kristaps Porzingis. He expressed some concerns with the organization, wasn't real happy. And within 24 hours, he was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. So if we look at what uh, the Knicks and the Mavs get in this trade. The Knicks are going to get Dennis Smith Jr., DeAndre Jordan, and Wesley Matthews, plus two future first-round picks from the Mavericks. And then the Mavs get Kristaps Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr., and Courtney Lee. I think this is an amazing deal 
for both sides. And that might sound crazy to Knicks fans, but I, if you, today is a great day to be a Knicks fan, and here's why. Um, yes, you're trading away your star player in Kristaps Porzingis, but he's coming off an ACL injury. He, he hasn't played all season, and it's the last year of his rookie deal, so you're going to have to pay him a max contract after this season, after a season that he hasn't even played. So you're going to be stuck with what could potentially be a bad contract, although he's an exceptional player. So you you trade him away. You're gaining expiring contracts in DeAndre Jordan and Wesley Matthews. Those players are going to be off the books after this season. So you're going to free up all of that cap. So you're getting an, an incredible amount of cap relief after the season. You get two future first-round picks, which is always nice to get draft picks. And then going into the offseason, as bad as the Knicks are right now, you're going to potentially have the first pick. Right now it's projected a 14% chance of getting the first pick. That's higher than most teams in the league. So you get that. You could potentially get Zion Williamson. You have Dennis Smith Jr., who's a nice player. And then because of this this cap relief, all of, all of this cap space you're going to create, you have the ability to sign two max free agents during the offseason. And the two big names that come to mind, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. It's been talked for a long time. Kevin Durant wants his own team. What putter, But what better place to go than to the New York Knicks? Kevin Durant would be able to recruit someone with them. Kyrie Irving, I think, would be definitely interested in teaming up with Durant in New York. Just think about it. Right now, in the short term, it doesn't sound great. Like, you trade away your star player for, you know, a, a couple guys and and some draft picks. But when you really dive into a big picture, right now, you just freed up a, a ton of cap essentially, with expiring contracts, plus you don't have to pay Porzingis, who's coming off an ACL. You already have Kevin Knox, who's a pretty nice player. You're bringing in Dennis Smith Jr., who's a nice player. And then with that cap space, you can go after Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Two max players. And even if you don't get those guys, you can get Jimmy Butler or Kemba Walker those are still really, really talented, really, really good players. And with the free agent market as big as it is, as as far as star players, this looks really, really good for the Knicks. And if I'm a Knicks fan, I'm actually really, really happy about this deal as far as the big picture goes. For the Dallas Mavericks, you're getting a guy in Porzingis who's an incredible talent. He's probably not going to play this season, but he'll he'll play next season. He's already said that he wants to uh, sign that restricted free agent qualifying offer instead of getting a max contract. I would take him up on that. I would call his bluff at the end of the season and try and get him to sign for, it's probably going to be like $8 million or something like that. That'll free up a ton of money for the the Mavs for a season for them to go out and get somebody in free agency. So you have Porzingis, Luka Doncic, and him have a great relationship. They played overseas together. So that's going to be a great pairing. And then you're bringing in two shooters in Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee because 
Porzingis and Doncic are going to draw a lot of attention. And you can use Hardaway and Courtney Lee. You can have them spotting up, coming off screens, and, and really get open looks that are created by the attention that's put on Porzingis and Doncic. I think it's an incredible deal for both sides. It makes the Mavericks a con- a the, a contender uh, in the making. I, I think they can be a really good team once they they've got the shooting now. They've got some nice nice players, nice core players to build around. You just need that one. I think you need that one veteran star, somebody in free agency that can come in. Really, a point guard would be ideal. If you can bring in a guy like Kemba Walker, which I think is certainly a possibility, this team would be a a really solid playoff contending team very quickly. I think this is an amazing deal for both sides. you got to be happy if you're a Mavs fan, and you certainly got to be happy if you're a Knicks fan. Freeing up all that cap and... You have Kevin Knox. You can you have a chance to get Zion Williams in with the first pick. That's a playoff team next year as well, if those things come to fruition. All right, I want to shift to this. Uh, Kyrie Irving, um, in an interview today, said, quote, I don't owe anyone explicative. S-H-I-T, he doesn't owe anyone anything, uh, when asked about his future with the Boston Celtics. I think this is pretty much expected. We've been talking about this for several weeks. A lot of places have been talking a lot about, about it, a lot of people. Um, whether or not he's he wants to move to like Brooklyn or the Knicks or the Clippers... He did say he was going to re-sign with the Celtics a couple months back before the season started, uh, but I never really believed that. Although I think he should. I, I don't think you should leave Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens is the best coach in the league outside of Greg Popovich. I don't think you should leave him. I think that would be a mistake, but I'm all for player mobility, player empowerment, player movement, going where you want to go and doing what you want to do. You shouldn't feel held back by anybody. And he doesn't owe anyone anything. I mean, players, they get told what to do by their organizations. They're, there's no loyalty between an, from an organization to players. But somehow organizations expect loyalty f- from their stars when it comes to contract time. And, you know, that's not a, it's not a two-way street. You know, you can't expect one thing and then do the opposite. So, reports say Kyrie Irving would like to play with LeBron again. I buy that. I think he would like to play with LeBron again. I don't think he's going to go play for the Lakers, though. I really don't. I don't think he's going to want to do that. I, I would give that a five to ten percent chance of him going to the uh, to the Lakers. The Knicks, however, I think is a very good possibility if he wants to leave Boston. I would give that probably over 50% chance, and I think there's a probably an 80 or 90% chance that he leaves Boston after this season. I think there's a 
great chance if I had to put money on it. I'm going to say the New York Knicks. I think earlier in the season I said the Clippers. I'm not sure if I did or not, but I think definitely the Knicks now with what they've been able to do, freeing up that cap, you're able to bring in another superstar like a Durant or a Jimmy Butler. I think it's interesting. I think it's really interesting. Kyrie Irving to the Knicks, I think is a, he's from the New York area. He's from, from that area. I think that's, that would be really nice for the Knicks. And Kevin Durant's agent, I believe is from the Manhattan area. So if he can kind of influence Durant to go to the New York Knicks and bring someone with him and leave the Warriors, that would be a nice team in the next couple of years. Well, actually, not even in the next couple of years, just next year. <laughs> also, Anthony Davis today, reports say he wants to, his main focus is he wants to join the Los Angeles Lakers. His Knicks, the, or his Knicks, the New York Knicks are also his preferred destination. Um, the Knicks aren't. Knicks aren't going to happen. They're out of it now, because they've just made that move with Porzingis. If they, if he was going to go to the Knicks, the Pelicans probably would have taken Porzingis. But I also saw a report that the Pelicans wouldn't want Porzingis, which I don't know why. I know he's coming off an ACL, but still a young player. Future is very bright, and that's a star player that you can build around. Because that's probably the best player you're going to get in any deal from any team is if you take Porzingis. So the Knicks Knicks aren't going to take Anthony Davis. They have the assets to trade for him, but it just wouldn't make any sense given what they've been able to do with this trade, trading away Porzingis. So the Knicks are out. The Boston Celtics, they're also out. He does not want to go there. He's said that. The... Or Kyrie Irving, there's a great chance he's going to leave, in my opinion. And Anthony Davis is unsure if he's going to stay. I don't see Anthony Davis going to the Celtics. I think that, I think the Celtics can probably offer the best deal, the best package of assets and picks and players. But I don't think the threat of Anthony Davis not wanting to re-sign with any other team besides the Lakers. It really is going to put teams off wanting to trade any kind of significant assets for Anthony Davis. If there's a GM in the league that would be willing to sacrifice assets for a potentially a one-year rental, it's Danny Ainge, but I don't think he's going to do it. And I wouldn't do it. I would just hold on to what you got. You've got a good team. Who's got a chance to make the the finals this year? I think. I think you just got to hold on to it. I don't think you can just risk. You can't risk trading away all your assets like a Jason Tatum or a Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown. You can't risk trading any of that away for a guy who is more than likely not going to resign with you at the end of the season. Actually the end of next season. I, I don't, 
foresee that happening. And then no other team, I think, really has a case to trade for Anthony Davis. I don't think they have great, good enough packages. Certainly, I haven't heard of any other teams in the news that would be interested in trading for Anthony Davis. I know a lot of teams are interested in him, but are are they willing to give up the assets is the question. No other team, is, I, I don't think, is going to trade for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis to the Lakers is most likely... I think it's going to happen within the next eight days or so. And I think the deadline's the 10th of February. It's going to happen then within within the next week or so. I think it has to happen. I think the Pelicans' hands are tied. Now, if they want to wait into the offseason to see if the Celtics can can offer something, then by all means do it. Because I think they can offer you the best, uh, the best assets, especially if you're getting Jason Tatum. But I don't know if the Celtics are going to really do that for just a guy who's going to play for one year. And the reason why New Orleans, I think, needs to do this now is because they've already moved Anthony Davis from all their marketing. Uh, they moved him from removed him from the billboards, the Twitter page, the the uh, intro videos, like the hype videos and stuff like that. And it seems like Anthony Davis has played his last game for the Pelicans and he's not going to play anymore. So if he stays under contract with the Pelicans going into the next season, he's not going to play. And that's going to be a shame for the Pelicans. And quite frankly, it's going to be a shame for Anthony Davis because he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do. I'm all about player empowerment. And I think you should have you should have the right to if you're unhappy to go where you want to go and and force a team's hand to trade you where you would like to play. Is it always fair? No, but if that's what players want, that's what they they got to do. I'm all for players doing what's best for them, what's best for their families, making money or winning games, whatever they want to do, do it. It may not be favorable in the eyes of of fans across the world, but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I said that really quick and fast. But, you know, it doesn't matter what anyone else says. So. All right. And then finally, last night, LeBron returned after a 17-game absence with his groin injury, he is back. Almost had a triple-double last night against the Clippers. 24 points, 14 rebounds, 9 assists. Got the dub over the Clippers in overtime in overtime by 3 points. Man, I can't, I can't talk today. <laughs> I cannot talk today. Um, but this is just what the Lakers needed because they're sitting at ninth place right behind the Clippers. You get this victory. You, you bridge the gap a little bit. And LeBron clearly proved last night that he's the best player still in the league playing at only 80% in his words he said he's only about 80% and he, he was the best player on the floor for the Lakers best player on the floor for both teams and still the best player in the entire league playing at 80% and once he gets back in a full swing i mean 
24 points, 14 rebounds, 9 assists at only 80%. Imagine what he can do at 100%. And for the Lakers, you know, this has really been a four-step process over the past, over the offseason and then going into this season. They're in the middle of a four-step process right now, four steps. Step one was to sign LeBron James, and they did that. Step two is to evaluate their young core, which is their I, I think they've pretty much done. They know that Lonzo is an injury-prone point guard who's got talent and value, but he's too injury-prone to rely on on a consistent basis. Brendan Ingram, you know, he's a dude. He's a good, good, solid player. Not going to be a star. Not going to be this amazing player, but is still pretty good. Got some value as a scorer. Kyle Kuzma is a really nice player. One of the better young players in the league. Uh, Josh Hart is a solid bench player, solid role player who can come in and give you good minutes. Avicii Zubac gives a lot of energy, can rebound really well, is an incredibly efficient in the paint. You know what you have. You know you have a good young core of players. But simply, they're just not good enough when playing with LeBron to make a deep playoff run. Who knows, maybe they might surprise us if they don't get a guy like Anthony Davis before the deadline and they head into the playoffs and they play well. But this isn't a team that is going to win you a championship. This is this isn't a team that's going to get you to the West Finals. You're going to have to make a splash and I think you know, right now they're in the process of of step 3, which is trading for Anthony Davis. Step three is pretty much down packed. I think they're going to get Anthony Davis by the end of this week. Well, the, at the end of next week, I should say. And, you know, once they figure that out, and once they get that nailed down, then it's going to be step four, which is use the cap room that you're going to free up after this season, get rid of those expiring contracts, contracts like Rajon Rondo. JaVale McGee, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, uh, Tyson Chandler, some of those guys that are expiring that are you don't need, that that's all dead money that you can just get rid of. You're going to retain all this cap. You can go out and get your third superstar to put with LeBron and Anthony Davis and a guy like Clay Thompson, Kyrie, Kemba, Jimmy Butler, somebody. It's a four-step process right now for the Lakers. Get LeBron, check. Evaluate the young core, check. Trade for Anthony Davis, which will give it like a two and a half. That's that's really close. And then once you get Anthony Davis, it's all about freeing up that cap space and bringing in a guy like Clay Thompson or a guy like Kemba Walker or Kyrie Irving, bringing in that third superstar to form the NBA's next super team. Man, good stuff in the NBA right now. Great stuff in the NBA. All right. So, over to the NFL for some NFL news. Oh, real quick, the MLB. Bryce Harper, man, Machado still haven't been signed. And I've seen a rumor that the Padres, San Diego Padres, are now in play. 
for one of those two guys. I have no idea anymore. I said the Yankees for Harper, and they seem non-existent in conversations. I've seen some, a lot of other teams, the Phillies, I've seen the Braves. They talk to Manny Machado's camp. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just going to wait and see what happens. You know, it's been like a couple months since the offseason started, and these guys haven't even signed yet. It's really crazy. Uh, But now over to the NFL news. Uh, Julius Peppers is the great pass rusher for the Panthers, played for the Packers in his time as well. He's retiring after 17 seasons. Really a good player. Uh, And he he seemed to just be really consistent as he got older, never really fell off. Was really good over the last couple years as well uh, at his advanced age. So props to him on a great career. So, And then I saw this today, and I talked about it a couple weeks ago. It's really kind of irrelevant now. Um, but obviously I get it because fans are still going to be upset. But a federal judge rejects, he rejected a possible, quote, do-over of the Rams-Saints playoff game and the NFC Championship a couple weeks ago. And all I got to say is just, folks, we got to quit overreacting. I mean, it's over. It's done. The NFL has released a statement now. Roger Goodell said, you know, our referees are human. Our officials are human, which, yeah, we are. But they're going to look into the whole replaying of uh, of penalties and stuff, which I don't agree with, but I just... We we just can't overreact. We we can't just replay a game because of one call. The Saints still had a chance to win the game in overtime. Granted, they were robbed in in regulation. They still had a chance in overtime to win the game. They got the ball first, and then Drew Brees made a bonehead throw under pressure, just threw it up for grabs, and it was picked off. I mean, what do you expect? You had your chance to win that game, and it just Things happen. Things happen. It's just how it goes. But I understand the frustration of fans. If that was my team, if that was the Dallas Cowboys and that, that's what happened to them, of course, I would still be fighting it tooth and nail to this day. That's just my nature as a fan. That's how passionate I am. But at the end of the day, I would understand that, like, you know, it's like, what else? What can we do? What What can I do? You know, the, the NFL is not going to replay a game. It's just not going to happen. And I I don't want, you know, replay to start taking over games again. We did it all the time with the catch rule the last couple of seasons. And then this year they were really good about uh, catches and only only challenging when and only going to replay when they felt it was really necessary. And then, but going to replay for penalties and non penalties that people think should be penalties, that's not, it's just not a good idea. That's going to slow, de- slow the game way down. And it's going to, like, you could argue there's interference on every play. Like, there's interference, there's holding on, on every play on the offensive line. 
There's always holding. They just don't call the they just call the the blatant ones. But there's always holding. You could call it on every play if you wanted to. But the NFL doesn't because they're they want to get the game moving. Like some of these are just some of them don't have an impact on the play. But if you allow teams to challenge pass interference calls or non-called pass interferences, it's going to slow the game down and it's going to make all these big plays, these big touchdown plays, touchdown passes. It's going to completely wipe them out and it's going to make the game less fun and less enjoyable to watch. I don't want to watch a game where they're continuously going to replay after every pass interference call or every questionable non-call. I don't want to watch that. No one does. I understand fans' frustrations, but we can't we can't overreact. We can't change the system now because of one play. It happens. I mean, it, it happened to me in 2014. Dallas Cowboys versus the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round of the playoffs, the Dez catch. I'm not gonna lie, I cried like a baby at, when they overturned that catch. And and then ended up losing the game. I I'm not gonna lie, I cried. Uh, and I cried when we lost to the Packers two years later in the divisional round. And I cried when we lost to the Rams in the divisional round this year. That's just how passionate I am, I am as a fan. Make fun of me, laugh at me, whatever. I don't care. It's I, I get I, I get it because I've been in the situ in the situation before with with different plays in different moments. So. But we can't just go changing the whole system because of one play. I can get changing a rule because you know you dive into it and then you realize, oh, this is this this should have been a catch. But we can't go changing replay rules to allow teams to challenge different penalties on the field. That's just not right. And then uh, a rumor around the NFL right now that I've been seeing, and I really, I, I watched a short video on this earlier. Uh, Sean Payton, the coach for the New Orleans Saints and the Dallas Cowboys, they, they're they they're being linked together in rumors. Sean Payton, of course, used to be an assistant coach under Bill Parcells with the Cowboys for a couple years back in like 05 and 06. Um, and then he obviously got a coaching job with the Saints, and he's been there ever since. But there's some rumors that the Dallas Cowboys may go after Sean Payton again and and bring him back in and replace Jason Garrett. And I don't know if I really buy into that. I don't think Sean Payton would be interested in that, especially with his team being, you know, so close to making it to the Super Bowl and back to really. This year, they were so close to make it to the Super Bowl. And then the year before, they were this close at making it to the NFC title game. Two fluke plays. A Hail Mary from Case Keenum and a... And, you know, a non-called pass interference this year. It's kind of, you know, brought an abrupt end to the Saints season over the last couple of years. But I don't think Sean Payton is going to be willing to leave his team, especially leave Drew Brees, when he's really got everything 
set. He's got a good defense. He's got a really balanced offense. I don't see the need for, for Sean Payton to want to do that, especially since the Saints have a better roster than the Cowboys. Cowboys are a good team. They have a bright future. But I don't think Sean Payton would be willing to do that. But it is interesting because Jerry Jones has been hesitant to extend Jason Garrett. There was all this talk after they beat the Seahawks that he was going to be extended, given a lucrative extension. And now Jason Garrett, or I mean, Jerry Jones is kind of being evasive about it. He's not really talking about it. And it's kind of got me thinking, and it's got other people thinking that, you know, maybe he's going to try and go after Sean Payton. We'll see. I have no idea. I think that would be pretty amazing and, like, crazy if he left the Saints and went to the to the Cowboys. What if they did, like, a coach swap where they swapped Jason Garrett and Sean Payton for like, plus you also have to maybe throw in some draft compensation or some cash compensation, something. But that would be pretty interesting. Um, but some other coaching news for the Cowboys. The Cowboys hired a new offensive coordinator. They promoted Kellen Moore from the QB coach to the offensive coordinator position. Could potentially be the play caller. And then they brought in John Kitna, who's the former Lions and Cowboys quarterback, to be the new QB coach. So that's pretty interesting hires for the Cowboys. Uh, I don't know if I'm buying into Kellen Moore. Dak seems to be buying into him. So if that's who Dak wants as his OC, then by all means, go for it. And we'll see how that goes. And supposedly he's a nice young mind. Wasn't a great quarterback, but... A pretty smart guy who's young. And then John Kitten has always been a guy that I've loved to watch. Really, I've respected him uh, so much throughout his career. I I just, I like him. John Kitten is a really, really uh, smart mind. And I certainly think that that's a... A, a nice hire and that he, he can certainly help groom Dak because he was a pretty good quarterback himself. All right. And then also another rumor, well, not necessarily a rumor, but Deshaun Jackson said that he would like to play for the Los Angeles Rams next season. I don't think that I don't know if that's going to work cap-wise for the Rams. They've signed so many players over the past season to all these max extensions. I don't know if they're going to have the room to sign Deshaun Jackson unless they put him on a minimum deal. But I'm kind of surprised that Deshaun Jackson's saying this given that they've brought in Bruce Arians as the head coach. And I'm surprised that you know maybe he doesn't want to give that a try. Especially because Bruce Arians is a really good, really, really good coach. And he's he's turned franchises around. But could you imagine Deshaun Jackson on the Rams with Robert Woods and uh, Cooper Cup coming back next season? 
You have Brandon Cooks, Gurley, C.J. Anderson. Imagine that offense. It's great now. Top two offense now, but imagine that offense with a streaky, speedy, uber-fast Deshaun Jackson streaking up the middle. Imagine that. That would be just absolutely crazy. I don't think Deshaun Jackson is going to go there. I don't know if the Rams would be interested. Certainly they would be because they're in the business of signing every free agent ever. And I don't know where they get their money from. But it, it's gotten them to a Super Bowl. so I, And they, they may win it. And that's what we're going to get into in a, in, a, in a minute here. But we'll see. We'll see what Deshaun Jackson decides to do and and what the Rams decide to do. But I think he should give Tampa Bay at least one more season, especially with Bruce Arians at the helm right now. And then, all right, now to close out the show, I'm going to give my final predictions for Rams versus Patriots in Super Bowl 53. And I want to kind of highlight some key points here. Um, the effectiveness of Todd Gurley, obviously he had an amazing season through about 14 weeks until he sat out the last couple of weeks. He had an incredible season with like 1,400 scrimmage or, or like 1,200 rushing yards and 15 touchdowns, something like that. Um, but over the last several weeks, really over the last month, yeah, he was really effective coming off of two weeks rest against the Cowboys. He had a big day. And then against the Saints, he had five touches for like 36 yards, career lows. And now he's got two weeks rest again. I think Todd Gurley's going to have a really, really big day because he's getting that extra week of rest. I don't think so. I don't think Todd Gurley is totally right. I don't think he's totally healthy. I think he needs rest, especially with the mileage he's put on his body over the last couple of seasons. And I think that's what made C.J. Anderson so effective of late. If this was only a week after the Saint, the, the NFC Championship game against the Saints, I don't think the Rams would have any chance given that Todd Gurley's only getting a week's rest. But now that Gurley's got an extra week's rest, plus you factor in C.J. Anderson, who's really reinvented himself, I think these two backs are going to have a really big day, especially Todd Gurley, because he's coming off a two weeks rest and he seems to be a lot more effective when he's coming off of rest. And then I think really something that's going to be difficult for the Rams to do and you know they're a high powered offense so it's it's not going to be too hard but this is the Super Bowl. They could come out with some some jitters especially with a young quarterback in Jared Goff. Tom Brady and the Pats offense, they 
they put up points. They're actually a really high scoring team. They may not look it. They may not be the the loudest screaming team when it comes to, to scoring. They're not really sexy in that regard. But they put up points. Like last year's Super Bowl versus the Eagles. You know, it wasn't the Eagles defense that, you know, won them that won them that Super Bowl, although they did get a key turnover late. It wasn't them that won it. You know, Nick Foles in that offense outscored Tom Brady. Tom Brady scored or he threw for f- over 500 yards. It's going to be really interesting to see how well the Rams can keep up with the Patriots, especially in the Super Bowl atmosphere. And I think the loss of Cooper Cup is going to be really telling in this game. It's going to be it's going to show show up. It's going to be a noticeable noticeable loss because he's a guy who's who's Jared Goff's favorite target. He was throughout the 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 course of the regular season when he was available. I think that loss is going to prove to be pretty detrimental to the Rams in trying to keep up with the Patriots, but they certainly still have other weapons that can that can help out and and try and keep pace. But it's going to be really important for for the Rams to not start off slow. Try not to play with with nerves. And just try and try and keep up with the Patriots. My final prediction, my final score for this game, Tom Brady's getting his sixth ring. Patriots are going to beat the Rams 28-23. to Tom Brady's going to be 6 of 9 in, su- in his Super Bowl appearances. He should ride off into the sunset, but he said he's not going to. He's going to come back. And probably win it again next year. So, but we'll see. It should be a good one on Sunday. All right, that's it for me for this week. Uh, be sure to follow me on Twitter at the Will Ford Show. Rate and review the show on iTunes. Like and comment on SoundCloud. Follow me there as well. And also check me out on YouTube. I posted a, a video a couple days ago talking about the Anthony Davis trade requests, some trade scenarios that could potentially go down. So check that out on YouTube. Just search The Will Ford Show. You'll find it. Uh, My picture on YouTube, it's like an outline of my beard in a man bun because I've got this, this this long hair. So you'll find me though. Make sure you check me out on YouTube. I'm going to be posting a video, a clip of each episode one of my best segments, in my opinion. I'm going to put a, a clip of that on there after each episode and just try and reach a broader audience through different mediums. So be sure to check me out on Twitter, iTunes, SoundCloud, and on YouTube. And we'll see you next Tuesday in episode 59. It's WFS.